Rotarians and friends, it's my pleasure to be able to introduce to you tonight someone I've met through Rotary and who will be a Rotarian very soon. That's on the hush hush. Um, but like us, is a person of action. Mike Scott lives and works in Paran and through his strong local connections, works and volunteers to support vulnerable people who struggle in our community. His advocacy work stretches to supporting the rights of First Nations people, the Yarra River, Victorian forests and, like him, people who identify as LGBTIQ. His passion for the environment and equality is only surpassed by the enjoyment he receives from his partner of 30 years. What an effort, fabulous effort, and their two dogs, Odie and Floyd. So we couldn't meet in the studio because we have a one person per studio rule these days, but we are meeting via Zoom. So welcome to the program, Mike Scott. Thank you, Susie. What a lovely introduction. Hello, everybody. It's nice to be here. And well, I'm so looking I'm forward to being so Rotarian. Sorry. It's going to be great. Yes. Looking <laughs> but forward at the to moment, it. At the moment, tell our listeners on the Rotary and Community Service radio show um, about Mike Scott, the guy. Well, so that was a wonderful introduction and pretty much showed or explained to people what I, who I am and what I believe in. Um, Nice little snapshot. Are you a Melbourne boy? I'm no. I'm actually from Sydney originally. I moved. Well, I consider myself a Melbourne boy now. I moved here in '97, and um, I was fortunate enough to transfer through work. So in New South Wales, I was working for Maya, yes, uh, and then moved to Victoria. Um, lived in St Kilda East, and then started working out at the High Point Maya shop out there, um, and then. Kind of had a bit of an epiphany, I think, probably just after 2000, after the Y2K bug, when um, my we mother was involved. Crash in that. and blow up. Yeah, <laughs> we're still here. Um, my it's mother was involved virus, in a bit scary. Pardon? It wasn't as bad as the current virus, but it was a bit scary at the time. Yeah, it absolutely was. We're all on tender hooks. Um, so, yeah, I had a bit of an epiphany. My mother was involved in a series of car accidents, none of them her fault. But it kind of led me to believe that I wanted to do something more with my life. After being with Maya for 15 years, it was time for something a little bit different. I was a bit tired of the profit-driven kind of capitalist mentality of go, 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 more money, more money. So I went off and studied um, remedial therapies and um, ended up working as a remedial therapist slash naturopath for 15 years in my own business. Um, and then it probably around 2016, 2014, started to just find that after 15 years, it was a bit enough. I was ready for more. Yep. Um, sort of got a bit politically active or more engaged in community stuff. So I went off and started studying community advocacy through um, the Chisholm Institute. And... Um, Came out of that wanting to do more. I was getting to the stage where I was I was done with the naturopathy, remedial therapist stuff, and um, wanted to You've do really more. Really taken a big order. leap in now because I know you work for Uniting Care Connection. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So um, I was lucky to to get a gig as the uh, area retail manager for Paran Mission, which was under the Uniting Care umbrella back in 2015. Um, so I was able to tap into my old Maya skills, but then bring the new skills in to do this job. And um, 
I absolutely loved it. You know, that whole different mindset around helping people, community service, wanting to give back, um, and still in a retail environment with a little bit of other community service on the side. And then, op shops you know, and recycling are so so now, aren't they? I mean, to, to smarten up op shops, people used to think, oh, it's just old ladies and, and, and you know, doilies. And eucalyptus. Now, <laughs> so it's the big thing. Oh, it's huge, Susie. It's absolutely... Well, they, they believe that uh, op shop sales will, within the next five years, surpass the sales of regular retail environments. Oh, my um, so God. It's, continually, it's really growing. It's absolutely taking off exponentially. Um, so in 2017, Uniting was created from the merge of about 24 different Uniting Care agencies under the Uniting Church umbrella. And I was uh, successful in the, uh, applying for a role as the community services manager. So I now have uh, evolved into a different role where I manage, still manage the op shops, but I've also taken on our emergency relief services across South Melbourne and Paran, and also um, a youth program out of some local skill, schools here across Port Phillip and Stonington. Well, and, as you um, know, Rotary's got a very strong focus on youth as well as all manners of community service. So you're going to be such a perfect fit with Rotary. But I'm really looking forward schools. to it. Pardon? What do you do with the schools? So we have a youth service where one of our social workers goes into schools and supports kids who are kind of on the edge. They're a little bit vulnerable. They're kind of maybe disengaging. The teachers have identified that maybe there's something going on at home or, you know, they're maybe not coming to, to school with lunch or not properly dressed in their uniform. So the teachers kind of identify these kids and we take them aside and we mix them in with, for want of a better term, normal or regular kids or everyday kind of kids. And we start um, running programs with them that reinforce their strengths. So there's two programs. One's called uh, Colt, which is cooking over lunchtime, and the other one's called yeah. Bolt, bikes over lunchtime. So it's it's an activity-based uh, program where they get in, they get their hands dirty, they get to learn skills about sharing, negotiating, so recognition. So primary and secondary or what age group? Just, just primary school, yeah. Okay. Um, and they love it. They absolutely love that time away from the classroom, the time to connect with other kids. The the youth worker is a bit of a role model for them, which some of them may not have at home. So yes. he's there to kind of guide them and, sh and you know, explain to them right for wrong and the reasons why. Do you involve um, volunteers in this sort of thing or only trained professional salaried people? So we're trying to buddy up a volunteer with the worker. Um, it's important that the kids resonate with the, with the worker and with the volunteers as well. So we try to look for younger people because kids some reason like younger people more than they like people of our age, Susie. Um, oh, that is so kind of you to say our age because <laughs> you're so much younger than me. <laughs> but um, please keep going. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's absolutely opportunity for, for people to step in and um, support our worker. As I said, it's across um, the schools. There's about five schools we go to across Port Phillip and Stonington. So it's very localised. Um, and yeah, we're, we're really proud of the, the program. It's supported uh, uh, financially by the Uniting Church who really want to invest in those kids 
That's and um, right. becomes a bit stressed. Yeah. What other emergency things do you do in your role? I mean, you're saying you, you respond to emergency. What what other kind of things? Yeah, it's a really funny term, emergency relief. So we we have these two programs in Dorcas Street in South Melbourne, but also here on Chapel Street in Paran, where we offer food and material aid to people who have different uh, vulnerabilities or uh, insecurities going on in their lives. They might be low income or no, in no income earners. Um, they potentially could be experiencing family violence or homelessness um, or just struggling to make ends meet. Um, so we meet with them. We sit, well, at the moment, it's a bit limited because of the COVID-19 virus, but normally in the normal world and the future world, we sit down with them, we see what their immediate need is, and then we ask them what else is happening. And how usually do you find when, these clients, how, or how do they find you? Well, the mission, as it used to be known um, on Chapel Street, has been there for 70 years, and it just has this amazing energy, and it's like a magnet. People just know that they can go there to get some sort of support, um, whether it be a hot meal, whether it be a bag of food, whether it be somebody to talk to, or to come into the op shop and talk to our volunteers and staff. It's very much a, um, a place of refuge for people in this busy, it busy area. It certainly is an icon in Chapel Street, and I know the Rotary Paran has supported Paran Mission over the years, and, and uh, that you've got a wonderful lot of outreach programs and your restaurant where people pop in for a bit of social interaction as well as food. Uh, so look, tell me, where do you get most of your satisfaction in your, in your job? Um, I think for me... Because I'm not always directly um, interacting with people who come in and seek our support, I kind of hear stories from staff and volunteers um, and every now and then I get to sit in and be that person that's um, supporting people. But for me, I think it's that getting that full circle. So hearing someone, hearing about someone who's come back to us after they've initially come to us wanting some help and support to them finding their feet, getting themselves back on track and coming back to us saying thank you and this is where I'm at now. So many people who access our services come in and then we might see them three or four times and then that's it. We don't know what happens to them. Sometimes they come back and they'll say, you know, I used your service before because I was in a down and out kind of place and I just wanted to let you know that this is who I am now. And, that's you know, funny. sometimes they'll bring it, they'll, sometimes they'll, bring a $50 note or they'll bring a bag of food and they're, they're able to give back, um, which I'm just getting tingles talking about it now. It's, it's really, exciting. for me, it's really yes. nice. I think that's what a lot of Rotarians join Rotary for because they really want to make a difference and help other people. And, and you know, we're all so fortunate. And, and if you have an attitude of gratitude, you really do like to give back and be a person of action. So, you know, I think anyone who's listening who's a Rotarian or a, a, just a friend of a Rotarian will identify with, with that feeling. So in terms of the homeless people that you would be looking after, things like where do they get a shower and all that sort of stuff, what are the practical supports that, that homeless people have in, in your area of operation? So at the moment at the mission, um, we, uh, it, it's pretty limited what we can offer homeless people. We have uh, a support network of other 
uh, emergency relief type services that we connect to and we advocate and support people to go to those services who need uh, a house or a shower or um, some kind of support with regard to getting a roof over their head. Um, Uniting, which is who we are now, is an organisation uh, across Victoria, Tasmania that has 770 different services. Once we um, settle down and recognise what the needs are locally, I can see that we'll have a housing type service available to people in Paran and also South Melbourne. The critical issue is that there's just not enough houses. So as much as we want to offer support and guidance to people who are experiencing homelessness, at the end of the day, we just need to build more houses for people to move into. Absolutely. And I know that some Rotarians are, um, you know, property investors. And I know that there are some services where if people are, are willing to have, you know, a slightly lower rental, that there's, there's uh, I can't remember the name of one of the agencies now, but, but uh, there are people who manage properties professionally that put these sort of more socially isolated or disadvantaged people in. And they're often the best tenants. They really want to be in a, in a permanent home and they look after the place. And once they're settled, uh, would you agree that you know once they've got a home everything else can be sorted everything starts to fall into place they need that roof over their head it's you know it's uh, what's what's his Maslow's hierarchy of needs it's the safety and security that's fundamental that everybody needs so whether that's uh, a roof over your head or whether that's food or whether there's just a sense of security and safety um, once that's established and maintained then those wraparound services can come in and support them whether it's um, addiction to alcohol or drugs whether it's mental health issues whether it's domestic whatever it might be if we can provide a wraparound service that keeps that person in that house but also helps them with whatever other challenges they've got going on then they're going to stay there and they're going to build a community and they're going to want to support one another and they're going to want to interact and then they're going to want to be able to offer something back so given that you've been united under your uniting uh, brand, um, are you also interacting with people like Centrelink and with other agencies and services so that you can do a cohesive kind of support? Yes, yes. So there's, uh, um, there's a couple of networks that I'm a part of. There's a Homelessness Roundtable Network uh, and there's also the Emergency Re Relief Network, which is happening, it's just sort of getting established but it's something that we started because we recognize that there's a number of services locally that provide services to uh, people who uh, kind of link into a whole range of different services and we need to figure out where are the gaps what are the things that are missing that each services isn't supporting so we've kind of identified that there's not a lot of services on weekends yes um, and there's not a lot of services in terms of helping people get furniture or transport furniture from from a place of purchase to to the place that they're living in or if they are relocated they're moving them out into another many place. rotary clubs are very in, in, um, inspired and involved in in uh, homelessness but um acting in isolation it's very difficult the rotary club of melbourne uh for example is very active in in homelessness but at one level so once you become a rotarian you might find that uh, you're in high demand to kind of link up with a number of these clubs that that want to 
get more sort of involved and and be more uh, proactive. So I think it's it's a huge problem. It's not something that that we're first responders. Rotarians are not first responders, but we certainly are networkers and and fundraisers, and we have skills in many ways. So some of our listeners on the Rotary and Community Service Radio Show tonight um, will be probably keen to have you at one of their meetings, Mark. If you don't mind going, okay. speaker, um, I'm sure we can pop you on the speaker's bank and and uh, you'll be in hot demand to uh, share your insights and how how people can be more effective in in homelessness and other ways. Now, we're going to run out of time, but uh, thank you for joining us tonight. Um, And thank you. As all the people knowing uh, know who are listening, we're both on 94.1 FM and we're also live streamed on www. 3wbc.org.au for our listeners who are sometimes actually listening from India and New Zealand and and unfortunately our our conference was meant to be this coming weekend so the fact that that's been cancelled I'm hoping that there's a lot more people listening to you tonight Mike so thank you so much for joining us Uh, we so look forward to welcoming you you to the Rotary Club of Paran and uh, thank you for all that you do for all the people in our community that are really disadvantaged Thank you, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Susie. Good night. Bye-bye.